Do you find yourself feeling burnt out often? Do you have a hard time saying no? Do you love to help others? Sometimes to a fault. Do you often exclude you from your own life because you're too busy taking care of others? All of these things can lead to burnout and overwhelm. Corinna Stoffel, who is a life coach, photographer, speaker, writer, podcaster, facilitator of workshops, as well as group and individual sessions, sat down with me to talk about how deeply the need to help is for so many women and what one can choose to begin to include themselves in their lives rather than always putting themselves last. Join us in this exploration, guilty of heresy, burnout, and loving to help. Corinna, you and I are going to talk about the topic of burnout, and you don't have to go very far, social media and articles and things to see that it's something that affects a lot of people. There's a lot, a lot spoken about it, a lot written on it. So can you tell me what has been your draw to speak out on the topic of burnout? To really address the topic of burnout came out of me creating a program for women who are in the Enneagram a number two who love to help and especially for women helping is a major entrainment because we're supposed to take care of and be there for others and support and help so, uh, and looking at what is going on for those women, what came for me was burnout is one of the issues. There are other issues too. And I chuckle because, you know, normally, okay, what is my burnout experience? And I have to admit, I don't have one because on some level, I'm a hermit. And so, yes, I like to help. And I just recently said yes for some to somebody who asked for help and then afterwards regretted it, but it was just once. Yeah. So I value my solo time so much that automatically I keep boundaries on how much I'm willing to help. And that helps me prevent my burnout. That's so if somebody, and I'll use myself, for example, I value my solo time a lot as well, but if I'm being honest, the whole helper part that you've talked about, that was either more valued or a stronger pull for me. Yeah. So even though I would say, oh, I'm like that too. I, I, I'm happy to not see people and often throughout my life, what wins out is the helping piece. So can you, well, let's go to the helper piece a little bit. And then I want to ultimately ask you if, if someone like me likes solo time, but I keep choosing the helping, how does one not do that? But okay, let's start with the helper part. Speak more about helper women, because I have been one and I know many. Um, for me, I have, uh, I've been sitting with looking at helping and um, 
I am doing a podcast on helping the good, the bad, and the ugly, because uh, there are all kinds of different aspects. Helping makes us feel great. Helping helps the world go around because there's people who desire and ask for help. So if I'm not willing to help, they don't get it. Me, uh, growing up, I learned I need to be in charge of everything. I needed to be in control. And so I was not accepting any help, like flying, traveling. Uh, can I put the roll-on suitcase up into the bin overhead? No, I can do it. Hmm. Until I realized that actually me not allowing them to help me, I'm taking away from them, allowing them to help gifts them. And that helped me to accept the help. But there is also the flip side of there are people that need to help because otherwise they are not a good person, otherwise they are not valuable, otherwise they are bad, whatever the self-judgment is. Right. And then there is also that need can also to help can even go further that the other is not asking for help, but I've decided you need help and you need my help. And then it becomes abusive. Right. So, so there's help and help in itself isn't bad. As you said, it would be the good. A to you and a gift to someone else if you allow someone to put your suitcase in the overhead bin. Yeah. But then it's almost like this scale, if you will, where it escalates and becomes more dominant. And I would say a, a need rather than a choice and a gift. If, yeah. If, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are a person, let's just, let's start with the person who, um, helps people who aren't asking for help. What it, what it, what drives that and, and what does that create for the people who aren't asking? It can, it can create quite a dilemma because on the one hand, people feel that if somebody is willing to help them, I need to accept the help. Yeah. And, uh, there, interestingly, this morning, I just read uh, about donating to the food bank, which right now with the holiday season is a big thing. But listing what people are not thinking about when they donate. Mac and cheese is one that is often donated, but you need milk and butter which is not easily available if you go to a food bank already. And so there is this thinking things through. We come from a good place, but how does the other deal with it? How can they receive it without feeling forced into it? So awareness of others, not just yeah. yourself and the action that you're taking. Yeah. Yeah being willing to ask questions of is the other re is this contributing to both of us is a question because if it's contributing to the other 
is it also contributing to me in not being burned out, using my time in a good way, smart way, and wise way, however you want to call it? Yeah. So that need, needing to help others being a major part of burnout, I totally get that. I, um, what, when, when you ask that question you just asked, mm -hmm. uh, is it contributing to another and to me? And you go, wow, mostly it's about others, not about me. What are some things people can do to start to learn the word no? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the easiest one is probably go back in time and remember the two-year-old. Yeah. How about it? They know that word. <laughs> Very I mean, how much were we into no? We knew no. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and what is the no is not that negative that as adults we often perceive it, but that it can be an honoring. It's an honoring of myself if it's not working for me to say no. Yeah. And that can shift and make it a lot easier to, to look at that. But first step is to become aware of that it's not working for me, that it's not a contribution to me. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing is it can be so autopilot for those of us who have been in train to just say yes and that we don't have a choice. That we just yes, 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 yes. And especially don't, as women. Yes. And don't even pause when the request comes to do what you just said. Wait a minute. Do I really desire to say yes to this? Is this a contribution both ways? Important um thing to start to give yourself permission to pause and not do the autopilot and really yeah. yeah. Because don't you find if you stay in the automatic yes person, it has to lead to resentment, even if it's under the surface, either for oh, yourself or and or for the other. Probably for both. Yeah. Not directly both in the sense of that specific person you're helping, but for the fact of helping, for the fact of being asked to help you start resenting that. And then is the help truly help? Say more about that. For me, if I plan on helping somebody, it comes from the heart. There is a sense of kindness associated with it. But is kindness part of resentment? Usually not. Mm, right. Yeah. And that shifts how the other can receive the help. Because they feel the resentment. They yes. may not label it resentment, but they feel that, let's put it that way, they feel the lack of kindness that is in the act of helping. Yes, when something is obligation, the other yep. perceives it, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So burnout, so the, the need to help and the helping part of things, what are some other contributing factors to burnout? 
it doesn't have to be help, but the fact of not being able to say no. I mean, at work, it could happen that you are asked to, to take on that project and this project, and then they start piling up and it just becomes overwhelming and uh, you end up with being burned out. Yeah. Right now, during the holiday season, uh, it's that sense of, okay, I need to clean the house, I need to cook, I need to bake, I need to buy the gifts, I need to make the list of what all needs to be done, and, 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 as a sudden Christmas comes around and all you do is lay on the couch and being totally exhausted. Yeah. May not necessarily be burnout, but it's not leading to enjoying what is going on. Yeah. And it's back to the obligation thing. I mean, and especially yeah. at the holidays, I, my um, partner and I were just talking about this post Thanksgiving, how easy you just, and it was, we had a, a day of cooking all day long, running around and then it was done. And then we're cleaning up everything by ourselves and packing up the food for people to take home. And, and it's at times I thoroughly enjoy doing that. But what struck me this time was we didn't actually pause and go, okay, who's coming and is this going to work or is there something else that would be more fun for everyone? And mm -hmm. if we didn't ask, we just fell into, this is what we've done the last how many years, this is what we're going to do. And it was kind of a, hang on, why can we not do something different if something different is going to make it lighter and happier and more joyful for us, which bleeds over to everyone else. But I say all that to say, I feel like holidays in particular, that obligation yeah. and what we always do that we don't even bother to look at anything else. And it does, you, you go, how many times do you hear people say, oh, I just can't wait till it's January. I just want to get through this. Yeah. Yeah. And how much in general, I mean, you bring up a general problem, which is pronounced during the holiday season. How much yeah. are we operating from autopilot? A lot. Yeah. And just about every area of life until we yeah. deliberately choose to look at things. Yeah. Yeah. And ask questions of why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. And is it working? It is, yeah. So and can then, yeah. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna ask you, so so say somebody is listening and they go, wow, cool. I'm going to take a look at some things and see where I'm doing autopilot and see where I'm doing expectations, obligation. And then they get to, wow, to choose what would be kind to me and kind to others is really different than what I see anyone else doing. And it's probably going to make a few people upset because they would rather that I stay doing what they like me doing. How does one move forward in that direction with all that going on? That that is not an easy easy thing because we are also so entrained to fit in. And fitting in means keep doing what you've always been doing. How dare you change? Change is not okay because it throws me off, I was expecting you to do 
whatever it is. And now as a sudden you don't do it. So personally, I would just, what is the biggest change I can create? And do that for the first year and then play with it because you already broke the sound barrier at that point. And yeah. then you can start bringing back, okay, I'm, I'm willing to do this or that in addition. And you start playing with it and other people are, oh, this is just a sudden going back to where it was. <laughs> yeah. They may not, ex they may expect it to go fully back, but you bought yourself some leeway of experimenting of what works for you too without having to do it incrementally yeah yeah cool so with the burnout and um the i'm just thinking of work environment for example because we've you know we've talked about family or relationship obligations and things so when when you have a certain amount of work that you have to do, it's your job, it's what you've been hired to do, and there's deadlines and there's things, and there's, there's, I would say, uh, um, normal, natural stress that comes from some of those things in a work environment. But then I think there's another level where you really wear yourself out and it's beyond, you know, the job requirements. What, uh, what can somebody do in that situation to do what they need to do, but not at the expense of them and their peace and mental well-being and all of that? Again, it's going back to the two-letter word, no, saying that. And what really, how shall I say that? You have your normal workload and things get added on. Oh, could you do that on top of it or that on top of it? And to really become aware of how am I with that? Uh, to be able to sort of anticipate how this is going to impact you if you add those things to it and then the question is also how perfectionistic are you Good if question. i'm a perfectionist then i need to do it not just a hundred percent i need to do it 150 or 200 percent and am i willing to let go of that perfectionist and be okay with 100 percent that already can scale things back quite a bit. And perfectionism comes out of the way I look at it from parts of myself competing with each other. Hmm. And it, uh, it also allows me to not look at what is going on within me. What's the war? Right. within me that is going on and to to acknowledge that 
Yeah. I mean, under the line, it always goes back to becoming more aware of where you are, what's going on for you. Yeah. It's you but need the peacemakers to fill the gaps to pick up the slack to you know take care of the brothers and the sisters to the whatever the thing is and when you do that for years mm -hmm. this being aware of yourself thing that you're talking about and the ability to say no thing that we've talked about and the um considering what's going to work for me too nowhere I mean Corinna I lived a lot of my life that wasn't even like the first time that I had that as even something that I could consider was really you could do that you can do that you are allowed to do that yes so who how do you give yourself permission if you don't know that and no one has given it to you how do you sort of take the reins and give yourself permission for all of those things just a choice But again, how do you make the choice if you're not aware of, if you are right. not able to recognize that it's okay to do so? Yeah. And in a way, can you find a place where those seeds get dropped, where you have support uh, that somebody asks you, and what about you? Where are you in this whole equation? Or uh, what's going on for you even? Just even that checking in. And uh, in order to offer that support, I started a Facebook group uh, called uh, Help a Society. It's sort of playing off the help of women but it's also addressing that whole burnout. It's addressing of looking at things from a different perspective. Because mm -hmm. without that, if personally, if I would not have been exposed to different perspectives through conversations, yes, I may not be where I am today. And uh I remember uh, years ago with my daughter, when she was an adult, we loved to do what we called mental gymnastics and look at something from how many different angles can we look at that? Mm. And it was really amazing because you start playing off each other. Somebody comes up with an idea. How can I take that idea even further right. around the corner, so to speak? And having people like that in your life also is very helpful yes so i just want to underscore what you said though so ladies if you're listening to this conversation and anything resonates with you and you don't have that support network or you would like more corinna's facebook group is a place where she obviously is present and other people where you can pull that into your life and i i would so i encourage you to check it out because as you said, Corinna, when something is so brand new, 
it's like learning to walk basically you're going to be a little wobbly and you're going to fall down and you're going to yep. you're going to get it sometimes and sometimes you're not and uh so for sure check that out and i would also just say do a little step and maybe a little step is signing into the facebook group maybe a little step i was remembering this as you were talking of you know that sort of point of view that mom can never eat the last cookie or she can't have the last piece of pie or it's you know everybody gets it and mom always says no to the last piece because she's got to save it for the children or whatever i remember looking at how i didn't say no ever and how i was always giving 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 i'm not the last i'm on the bottom i'm the whatever and there being a last chocolate chip cookie and having the the thing pop up in my head that i couldn't eat the last chocolate chip cookie and then i went hang on a minute, who came up with that rule? I made the damn cookies. I shopped for all the ingredients for the cookies. I did all the things for these cookies, but everybody else is supposed to get the cookies and I can't eat the last, so I ate the last cookie. But it was a little thing, but a big thing yeah. because it was, this is, a, this is one thing that I can actually do that goes against all the programming that I can do for me. And it's interesting because it may be an innocuous thing like yes. the last chocolate chip cookie that as a sudden makes the penny drop. Yes. And totally. we say, whoa, I've been doing this my whole life. I can't have fill yes. in the blank. And where do I want to change that? That's an interesting, those words you just said, I can't have. That would be an interesting thing to do a, a journal question. Yep. I can't have. I can't have, I can't have, and then look at everything you're keeping out of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I like that. <laughs> I'm not allowed to. Not allowed to. Yeah. Wow. So are there any, I and mean, we've hit on a lot of really awesome um, points on the topic. Is there any other things that you want to speak to about women, about helping, about need, about burnout, anything at all? One thing that I feel is important, is important in that context, but also in a lot of other contexts, is having a sense of who you are. And I'm not talking about an intellectual sense, because intellectually, it's data points. And you are so much more than data points. But what if you know who you are from your core? And that is an energetic sense. When I learned about that, it made so much of a difference for me because as a sudden, there was not just that sense of who I am, but it also included, what am I here to do? Why am I alive? And I don't necessarily like the word purpose because you could also simplify it as the purpose is just to be alive and enjoy life. Yeah. But normally I tend to want more than just enjoy life. There are activities that go with it that are not, I don't know why right now bungee jumping comes in or rock climbing or, or certain you know, adrenaline uh, raising things uh, or just being a couch potato. Oh, the, 
I want a sense of being a valuable contribution to life. Hmm. I like that line. World. Uh, you know, there is something that we, something bigger we we often are looking for. And that's what came for me with that energetic understanding of who I am. And as a sudden, so much shifted because, oh, this is calling me. I think I'm going to follow that. I'm going to follow that thread. And I'm doing things that if you would have asked me even a year ago, I would have said, no way. I'm yep. not going to go there. You know? And yet, it's it's scary and exciting at the same time. Yeah. I'm just finishing up uh recording a video course, a journaling video course called What Calls You. And it's mm. very much about what you just spoke to is that those intangible things where you have this sense of something else going on, something else bigger and something that you just, it's, it's like the movie Moana, no matter she wasn't supposed to go to the water, but she couldn't stop going to the water because the water called her. And she didn't know what was beyond the line where the sun met the water, but she had to go. She had, mm -hmm. and there are those things in our lives that we just, yes. one question about what you said. So uh, when you're talking about who you are and not just the data points, that energetic sense, that core, mm -hmm. how did you come to begin to discover and then start to explore that? Um, <laughs> uh, I signed up last year for a journey of intrinsic health, an eight-week uh, eight, eight course was Dr. Zach Bush. And lo and behold, the very first module was B. And that's where he talked about the intellectual, I'm a woman, I'm a daughter, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm whatever profession, etc. cetera. Um, and he shared who he is. And I could so see it. I could so feel it. Yes, that's who he is. And I was fascinated. Did he share it with words or he shared it by just kind of being there? No, he shared it with words. Okay. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I'm going to share what came up for me because I was so fascinated and I said, I want, I want that. I need that. And it took me a while. It didn't just happen right away. I needed to be willing to sit with it. But what came for me is I am the water that nourishes the ability to see beyond the current world to a beautifully connected world and washes away anything that stands in the way. Hmm. I love that. I love and that. that shifted so much for me having that because as a certain certain things I was drawn to, yeah, that fits within being yeah. either the nourishment or the washing away, the flash flood. Hmm. Yes, it's something that you, I'm going to use the word be, that is not... Um, a definition in the sense of a definition. I I read uh, Araya Mountain Dreamer has she has several books. She's author, mm -hmm. 
And she has the invitation, one of my favorite poems ever. And then I think it's the dance and the call. And each each one is a poem and then each each poem turned into a book. But I believe it was the call. And she went on a retreat. And the question that they, they did a lot of meditation kinds of things, but they would sit with the question, what am I? Not who am I, what am I? And when I read that, it it... What it did was, and I didn't have your information you just shared, but it took me out of the who, which was what I had equated to data points and definitions yep. of Marnie on the planet and her roles and all the things into what is Marnie beyond that. And that the what am I opened that up for me and it did for her and her story too. But just throwing that in there, if you're curious about sort of exploring this sort of thing a little more, maybe a question to yeah and i've also heard you know oh i'm a spiritual being i'm an infinite being i'm but what the heck does that mean oh what does it mean yeah what does it yeah what does it mean great question it's it's, it's on some level it's meaningless until it becomes meaningful specifically for you yeah till you get what it is for you yeah Exactly. Cool. Well, Corinna, thank you. We covered a lot of ground <laughs> and it's been fun. It's been fun. And um, for those of you listening, thank you for joining us. And we will have notes um, that you can click on to Facebook group and things. And Corinna, any place else they can find you besides your Facebook group if they're interested? I have uh, both uh, a website called beinginawareness.com. And I have my speaker site because I'm now a TEDx speaker. Tell me about that. Have you done, you did your talk already, right? Or a yes, talk? I did my talk already. And it was quite a journey to get there. Yeah. And it was quite an experience to give the talk. That's uh, yeah. so amazing. Well, congrats. I remember seeing it, I yeah. guess on Facebook or something. I'm like, go girl, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, and I have, as a result of that, I created a speaker site, which is just my name.com. Okay, awesome. Cool. So thank you. Any thank last, you for last having me? Any last, last words or are we a wrap? We're a wrap. I think we're a wrap. All right. Thank you so much. And for all of you listening, thank you for joining. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. <laughs>